Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by Strava Craft Coffee. Strava CBD coffee is going to improve that quality of your morning since it's rich in CBD, CBG, and will have you feeling as good as I've been lately since their CBD-infused coffee can help with chronic headaches, joint pains, IBS, so much more than that. And now new customers can get 25% off your first purchase using code DNVR at StravaCraftCoffee.com. I'm your host, Patrick Lyons, and joining me today, first time, yes, first time, long time, we've been a fan over here at DNVR Rockies. We are super excited to have you on. I know everyone in the Rockies community is going to be watching this one. Renee Deckert, thank you so much for joining us today. Patrick, thank you so much for inviting me. It's it's terrific to finally meet you after all these years of this parasocial relationship on Twitter, so this is great. Yeah, that's been probably one of the good things with this pandemic is you get to meet people, quote unquote, in a sense, right, that you wouldn't normally meet because now we've got this great way of going about it. And it's not like that creepy or weird FaceTime thing that you do on the phone where we don't even like to get phone calls in the first place. But now we've, we've got a good socially acceptable way of meeting each other. You know, uh, I'm all for, I, I'm a big technology fan. I'm all for it. I've, I've lived in Wyoming in the middle of nowhere for so long. Anything that allows me to get out of my space into other things I'm a fan of. So here we go. <clears throat> well, as you said, you're, you are in Wyoming and shoot, what is the fan experience like for a Rockies fan in Wyoming, or at least your experience? What is that, that typically like being so close, but yet, you know, so far away? So one of the things that really makes a big difference is the social media, right? It makes it it makes it makes so much better to feel like you're participating in a fan experience in that way. Um, it's for people who have DISH, and I know nobody wants me to go off on TV blackouts, which is a thing that I do a lot. But for example, my parents are not going to be able to get AT&T Sportsnet anymore. But the radio is everywhere. You can always hear everything. And the Rockies are really good about including Wyoming as part of sort of their group. And so that's really terrific. And they're really kind of the only baseball team around here, right? I mean, in other words, you're going to, you, I've got the occasional student who shows up with a Yankees hat or whatever, and you say, what What are you thinking? This is not what we do here, right? I mean, this is a Rockies community. But yeah, it's a, a bit of a baseball desert. We've only got um, the Casper Horseheads down in Casper, which used to be um, a the Casper Ghosts, which we all miss a lot. So it's great to have the Rockies sort of take us in. I do believe there there's supposed to be some collegiate summer baseball teams. There's another one I think coming to in Laramie. Uh, yeah, the the Gem City Bison. That's what they're called. We're going to be talking about that on Friday. You might not have had have heard that one yet, but 
look it up. They've got a cool logo okay. that looks like Fernando Tatis Jr. I, if Fernando Tatis Jr. was a bison, that's the logo for this team. So it should have your attention. I have not heard that yet. I'm a big, I, I follow the horse heads, but I had not heard this about the Laramie team. So that's very exciting. Yeah, one of the disappointing things, of course, uh, during the lockout, and I don't think they do it typically every offseason, but once in a while, the winter caravan for the Rockies will come up to Wyoming. I don't know if they make it all the way up to the northern part, but they will go to the University of, of Wyoming when they, they have those winter caravans. You know, it's come on, Rockies. It's nice up here. We'll 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 take you out to the proud cut. We'll get you a steak. If you come late enough, we can go through Yellowstone. But bring the caravan up to northern Wyoming. We would we would love that. Is there a big sports bar community up up where you're at? And you're kind of you're in the Bighorn Mountains yeah. kind of area, right? Sheridan, yeah. maybe. So there, you know, there's lots of Bronco fans and people are really engaged. So everybody's a big Josh Allen fan, right? Because Josh Allen went to UW. And then Logan Wilson is a Casper graduate who went to UW and he's a linebacker for the Bengals. And so that kind of thing keeps everybody, it makes sports really local, given that we're a population that hasn't sent a lot of professional athletes. Brandon Nemo is a real outlier as a Wyoming kid who's playing professional baseball. Um, but we do like our sports up here. We take it pretty seriously. And, uh, you know, CSU fans, real sorry about the other night, but here we are. Man, look at that. We're five minutes in and everyone that was all excited to see you, you're breaking people's hearts right now. Sorry. Sorry. You know what? Wyoming, I, I'm not, I, you know what? A win for Wyoming sports is always good for everybody here. That's true. You know, as you talk about Wyoming and, and there's, there's a really good baseball community again, with there being less people per capita, obviously those, the superstar players can be fewer and, and farther in between, but there's still really good baseball in Wyoming, great baseball in Colorado so much that I, I don't think people even realize. And one of the pieces of, of news recently was the Rockies hired their first female scout, Emily glass to be in the Wyoming Colorado area. I know that that's pretty exciting. It's gotten a little bit of coverage, but I haven't even addressed it on the podcast yet. And so now's probably a good time. What a terrific story. I was reading the piece that Jack Eakin um, published in the Rockies magazine, and it's really terrific. And I'm one, congratulations to her. This is such an important addition for the Rockies. It's a big advancement um, for their organization. And two, I am really curious about how they're going to cover, how they're going to sort of recruit baseball in Wyoming. I think that's going to be interesting because it's so spread out in the summers. It's mostly Elk Legion baseball kinds of things. And so I'm really curious to learn more about Emily Glass's story and her work. Yeah, it's very interesting to think we get a lot of great com uh, baseball communities here in, in, in the Rocky Mountain region. And so that was that was great because you know, that's been one of the big advancements that we've seen this offseason, last offseason with Kim Ang becoming the first female general manager of the Miami Marlins. But a lot of teams, they were they were hiring and, and getting more diversified uh, amongst their their employees and, and their coaching staff. And here the Rockies are on the outside of that. But but they have now, you know, it hired a, a female and getting some better perspective. So. It's good that they are following suit. We know that they can't always do what everyone else does at, with playing at altitude and, and things of that nature, but this is one of those good ways where they need to be more like other organizations. You know what? I'm looking forward to your conversation with her, Patrick. I think it'll be terrific. Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to that. Hopefully we can, we can get her on at some point in the lockout. It's funny, before we came on, uh, I saw the really cool clip. This is maybe a little out of left field. 
but it's the 30th anniversary of a league of their own. And it, it had, it was getting me choked up. It was like Bob Costas was talking with, with Rosie O'Donnell and it just got me really excited to see it. I think that's coming out at, at the end of this month. And it, it just made me think like, man, that movie doesn't get a, enough credit. Like we think field of dreams, but I love the league of their own when that movie came out. You know, what a great movie. And I'm, I'm really excited that they're going to, they're reviving it as a series. You know, I think it's going to lend itself to being a series as opposed to a movie. And I think it's going to be really interesting to watch how they provide a new perspective on that story. Um, I'm always really interested in the way in which texts interact with each other in that way. So that's a development that I'm really curious to see going forward. Yeah, obviously with the television series, you can expand a lot more on on different points. And I think we saw those little touches in the film. One scene in particular in which I think there was a foul ball and there was an African-American woman who picks the ball up, throws it over the first baseman's head all the way to the pitcher. And that was just the nod to the fact that although there was this league, the All-American Girls Baseball League, although women were able to play, it was only white women. And so you have to hope that at some point in the series, they will touch upon this. Yep. It's a super advancement. I'm really eager. I'm really eager to see what they do. Did you ever watch um, Pitch? Was that what it was called? It was a series set with the Padres where the woman was pitching. I, it got off to a good start and then I feel like it kind of went off the rails. But I, I did not expect to talk about television and movies today, Patrick. I was not. So here we are. I, I didn't watch that. I, I wish I did and, you know, supported like all those shows that get canceled because of viewership and all that stuff. I, I wish that I had watched it, but I'll, I'll say this. It's funny you bring that up. I was in San Diego uh, and doing a, a tour of Petco Park with my wife. We were on vacation uh, during, during winter break when I was uh, just a special education high school teacher. So I had those two weeks off and we went to Petco. And as we're going around the dugout, I saw this lineup card. There were like a couple that were up and I did not recognize any of the names and I knew they weren't even prospects. And I took it down and I asked someone, they said, Oh, well, this is where they were filming some, a couple episodes. So took a little souvenir with me. I've got it somewhere. I doubt it's really worth that much, but uh, it's definitely a, at least one good reason to go back and, and watch that show and, and hear a story of something that we could feasibly see here in the next 10, 15, 20 years, uh, a woman actually getting an opportunity to play in MLB. Fingers are crossed. It's time. We're ready. We are ready for you down at the DNVR bar on the corner of Colfax in York. You know, we've got fantastic watch parties for the Nuggets and Avs going all week long. Rams and Buffs, sure, we got that as well. The Pro Bowl is going to be on on Sunday. You know, that big event. I tell you what, that's the one thing that Major League Baseball does incredibly well is celebrate the best at their game in the All-Star game. Pro Bowl. All right, look, there's a watch party going on after that. That's not the big one on Sunday, but come down to get a bigger beer if you're a member. It is only 50 cents for your first month. Your annual membership, if you happen to want to upgrade and do that, guess what? You get a free shirt over at dnvrlocker.com. We always have the Breckenridge Brewery on tap no matter what's going on. Hey, and you could place a bet if you'd like because, you know, the moment that you've been waiting for since the start of the football season in September has finally arrived. And in honor of the big game, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is giving 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. Not a new customer? Don't worry, because you can still get in on the action with same game parlays. That's where you combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. And best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. 
Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DNVR to get 56 to 1 odds on either the Bengals or the Rams. And Renee, who who are we rooting for up in? We're, we're all with the Bengals here, right? You know, you got to go with the one. You, you got to go with the one that's, that you're with. You have to adjust on the fly. So we're we're with Logan Wilson now. Josh, next time, man, go all the way. No, that, that actually does make sense because the Bengals beat the Chiefs and the Chiefs knocked out Josh Allen. So, okay, that there you go. The enemy of my enemy is my friend. Go right. Bengals. Right. Got to pull for, for that AFC connection. Again, that's promo code DNVR for 56 to 1 odds at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. And then finally, take any of those winnings that you've got. Or if you need to bring together a little bit of cash, well, guess what? You can apply over at Ball because right now they are hiring for folks on their production technician assembly line at their plant over in Golden. Apply to jobs.ball.com. We can get $27 an hour, potential for pay increase at 6, 12, 18 months. You know, you get comprehensive insurance the day of hire, immediately stock purchase ownership program, 401k for retirement, and you got all kinds of opportunities for annual bonus and upward mobility in the company. You can text Golden to 77222 to get linked to their open positions, or you can also go directly to jobs.ball.com in search for Golden. Well, Renee, people know your work over at Purple Row and on Twitter. You always have a very, very balanced take, and it can be challenging, right? A, a lot of times the quick response can be, well, the Rockies suck, and since they suck, everything they do sucks. And that's not always an easy thing to have to work around, but I think you do it just about better than anybody balancing the facts with the reality of, of things in the baseball world with the Rockies. Um, thank you for saying that. I, I really, so this is a place where I may, my perspective may disagree with a lot of people. Right. But I think, I think that saying the Rockies suck is a, is an easy way out. Right. I think right. the Rockies are a lot more complicated than that. And it's one thing to have a team that's bad and that tanks and that doesn't care. And that is really frustrating but then you have the Rockies who are this um, unexplainable phenomenon in the world, right? It's like the X-Files Rocky Mountain episode, you know? I mean, they just don't make any sense. And they they try very hard and they just get things wrong. And I find that to be an interesting and complicated story. And um, I just think it's more complicated than just saying they're bad. Although sometimes they are. I'll be the first one to say that. But that's my take unexplainable phenomenon that is i don't know that they want to put that on their business cards but that definitely explains the rockies uh, a lot of times with their transactions right well you just don't you just i mean if you go i mean i i don't want to pile on ian desmond that just seems like like low-hanging fruit but i mean there was nothing that showed he was a fit for the position that they wanted him to do and yet they paid him a lot of money and they said no no it's going to be awesome and then they got in and it wasn't awesome and so I find it bizarre that they consistently, they, you know, Daniel Murphy, oh my gosh, he's going to be terrific. And that's just not how it played out. And so what is going on? And there's, they just don't make sense. And I find that on one side as a fan who wants to win, that's really infuriating. But on the other side, the part of me that's interested in interesting stories is like, well, what is that? I find that curious. Yeah, it's, it's funny you go back to Ian Desmond because... Boy, those were the days when that was the biggest issue going on with the team, right? 
<laughs> that was a that was a wonderful time to be complaining just about maybe one guy underperforming, and that was almost the only issue for a couple of years there. I mean, if, if you look, if you look at last year, okay, so the Rockies had a losing team. All of this is true. It was like a huge year for the Rockies. It was an action-packed year. If you want to turn it like into a television drama, let's do, you know, the Rockies sort of reality television series. There's a lot to talk about. There's the Aeronauta trade. There's the sudden um, Bridage resignation. You've got Bill Schmidt stepping in. You've got John Gray stuff going on. Trevor Story wonders what's going to, it goes, I mean, it's it very dramatic if you're just interested in a good story. If you just want wins and losses, then, you know, that's what happened. But, and the worst, the potential for the worst road team ever, right? As the, Rockies, as the Rockies turn, right? And I think that is the, the perfect soap opera name. And then in the middle of all of these things that you're talking about, this idea that maybe some fans might want to boycott and they might not want to give the Rockies their, their season ticket money. Oh, here comes the all-star game out of nowhere to, to save the day maybe for ownership and, and to bring in a couple extra bucks. Oh my word. And in the background, of course, you've got McGregor square opening up, right? So you've got some real estate drama that's going on as well. I mean, it was a really big season for the Rockies just in terms of the narrative, right? In terms of the baseball, there were some problems. You did write in, yeah, you, you did write in the summertime about, you know, the, the trade deadline immediately as it had happened. And again, that balanced approach of not just looking at it from, again, the, the thing that you do, I think really well is you don't just say, look, here's the deal, take it at face value. You provide evidence and, and not everybody can, can necessarily do that well. And I think you do it incredibly well. And so when you say, Hey, at the trade deadline, this isn't good for, for numerous reasons. And then John Gray leaves as a free agent and you really look back and say, wow, that, that really may have been bungled, bungled quite a bit. You know, I think the, I think the Gray situation is really curious and a mystery. And I think there's a lot of stuff there that we don't know. I'm not saying that as anyone with any inside knowledge. It's just the whole story as you follow, it doesn't track, but I just say, it's nice of you to say that, but at the end of the day, what you're really dealing with is an English major who's just always trying to interpret a story. I mean, I don't know any other way to put it, right? I want to find some research to support things. And I really want to think about it as a text and try to figure out what's, what I think is going on there. And um, maybe sometimes that's interesting, but sometimes it's wrong. So that's like a problem with this particular approach to storytelling. All right. Well, Eric asks the question, how do we interpret this? Rockies, Chris Bryant, John Heyman shoots a flare out in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean and says, hey, Rockies and Chris Bryant may, may come together here. How do you interpret that what, what are your thoughts on Chris Bryant? Because you do have a new article that's up. Folks need to go check it out at Purple Row. If you're listening to this as a podcast, you can find a link in the podcast description today for this article written by Renee. So this is what I okay. I think Chris Bryant would be a good signing for the Rockies. I think he's diverse. I think he would bring a lot. Of course, we've got that. The we could continue the Las Vegas meme. I think that would be really fun. But I also don't know how realistic it is to expect him to sign with the Rockies. He, As Sean Keeler pointed out, he always plays on winning teams. And historically, that has not been the Rockies. The Rockies are more apt to lose than they are to win. So I, I really have trouble seeing Bryant come here. Um, my infatuation with Seiya Suzuki is well known. But I think probably the odds are better that the Rockies sign Chris Bryant than they do Seiya Suzuki. Um, but I don't know. What do you think? 
Patrick, should they sign Chris Bryant? I like that take. I, even though it could cost about three times as much for Chris Bryant over Seiya Suzuki, and we'll talk more about him. I think you're absolutely right that Bryant would be the better fit for you know a lot of reasons, and again, some of it just has it has to be for show. And you know, our, our Rockies fans going to are they more inclined to be excited over an outfielder that they've never heard of that is signed to a, a very good deal? It's it's very club friendly. The rules that MLB put into place. Uh, in the last CBA, just before Shohei Otani came into MLB, really favored teams and really kind of screwed some of these international players out of some money. So as nice as that would be for the front office and for, for management, it doesn't translate quite as well to the fans. We know there's a large Cubs population here in uh, in the Denver metro area. And so people are definitely going to come out to watch Chris Bryant. You know, he's got that those Hollywood good looks in a lot of ways. Actually, he looks like our guy, Hank, who covers uh, CU Buffs. We'll have to get a graphic and put those two faces side by side. If you know what Hank looks like, there's definitely a resemblance between him and Chris Bryant. So that's a good, good fit as far as being a big marquee name because the Rockies are really in need of a marquee name. But as you write about in your article, where is he going to play? It's nice to think he could continue to play all over the place, right? It's nice to think you can give McMahon a day off at third base. CJ Crow needs a day off at first base. He can play some center, some left. But if this is the best player on your team, he's not going to be a utility player if you're paying him 150, 160 million. So, so, so I'm going to, so two things. First of all, um, there was a video clip that I had to take out of that article, and I'm so upset about it because it, whenever, Baseball, the owners did the lockout and they put down all their media. There was this awesome clip of Chris Bryant on the purple carpet at the All-Star game where he talks about his fashion evolution. And that's when he gets asked the question, what do you want to play? And he says, well, I really love to play center field, but he's just charming. He's delightful. He's funny. He would be the kind of attraction that you're talking about there, right? Um, but I really think, so here, I'm going to, I'm hesitant to make many predictions because um, it's a little early for that. And unlike a lot of people, I believe the Rockies are going to do something. I don't know if it's going to be good. I don't know what it'll be, but all the people who say, no, they're not going to do anything. It's like, no, no, there will be something. Okay. So here, I'm going to, I'm going to give you two predictions. Here's my outfield. I think they're going to use Charlie Blackman. They're going to keep, I think they're going to keep Garrett Hampson in center because Garrett Hampson has become a very good outfielder. And then they would put Chris Bryant in left with a little bit of utility stuff. And then uh, I think this is my, this is my, my, my little, my bombshell. They signed Kyle Holder. Did you see that to an MILB deal? I did. I think they're going to use him as shortstop. I think they're going to put all that money on a power bat and they're going to take Holder who has no offense, but is a tremendous defensive player. And they're going to hope that, that Dom Nunez and Elias Diaz hit to make up for the offense. That's my theory. What do you think? No, I, 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 I like the idea. And I also think that there's a good chance of something like that happening. I, we've talked about it with Drew Goodman in the past. Uh, I, I have talked about it on the podcast, this idea that as crazy as it might seem, and I don't think we've seen it since the 2013 or 14 Tigers. And it was a postseason team, so it may have been 13. But the Tigers had a platoon at shortstop with, I think, Jose Iglesias and maybe Andrew Romine. And we could see something like that for the Rockies because Holder's a, a left-handed hitting shortstop. Yen can pick it defensively. He was a Rule 5 pick last year uh, by Cincinnati, I, I believe, and uh, wasn't able to stick yep. around. He got sent back to the Yankees. And you got Alan Trejo, who I've always been a huge Alan Trejo fan. 
Uh, and, and I think he could be that right-handed bat, you know, to give Holder a day off against lefty. So sounds crazy, but you could kind of have a platoon. And if money is an issue, which we know it is for the Rockies in a lot of ways, you would rather have that money spent on a star like Chris Bryant rather than a maybe lesser player like Kyle Schwarber, which you'd still take, but Kyle Schwarber and then Angelton Simmons at shortstop. You're getting two players, but you know what? If you can get top-notch, really gold-glove caliber defense, which is some of the whispers around Kyle Holder, you go, you know what? You can be okay with not a lot of production at a shortstop, partially because you're getting a lot of production as catcher, and you've got a former 2016 MVP out in the field like Chris Bryant. So I'd be okay with something like that, absolutely. I think I think um, Holder is going to the, – the rest of the sh- – so Trevor's story is not coming back to Denver. Something catastrophically awful has to happen for Trevor's story to come to Denver. I expect him to take a one-year contract with another team so that he can show that he can hit outside Coors before he comes back to Colorado. I just I don't see um, story making a return. They're not going to sacrifice. They're not going to pay a lot of money for a shortstop who is not a good defender. Conversely, they've got an inexpensive one who's an exceptional defender. And by the way, when I was doing when I was reading up on Kyle Holder, it's very difficult to find offensive video clips of him because um, there are not very many of them. And so, um, but his defense is stellar and I think they're going to shuffle and move some people around. And I think that that's, that's my prediction that I'm willing to make at this time. No, I, I like it. it. It's bold. And you you kind of understand when you look at his numbers, which have been fine, but fine in the minor leagues doesn't translate to fine in the majors but when Kyle Holder safe to say maybe Renee that when Kyle Holder steps to the plate in a minor league game no one's picking up their camera and going hey I gotta capture this moment well they may because he may have a rare offensive show and so that would be a good thing to have your camera out for but history suggests that that is the exception not the rule yeah and if you're getting gold uh, glove caliber type defense as is pointed out here in the chat you know, the OPS, again, if you got the DH too, you got to remember that you're getting a lot more pop. So, you know, maybe it's the new analytics department looking and saying, you know what, we can actually lean a little bit more heavily towards the defense and, and lose some on offense. Because again, we got Nunez and Diaz. We're getting a lot more pop right now out of the catcher spot. And with the DH most likely being added, you go, now is probably a good time to experiment with something like that. And who knows, maybe you actually do find a little bit of, of lightning in a bottle with a guy like Kyle Holder or even Alan Trejo, and you don't have to go out and, and mortgage the future or overpay for a guy that really is just going to be possibly a stopgap solution until Ezekiel Tovar comes to the majors. And But I do think they're going to spend a lot of money on that, the bat for the outfield. I, I really expect them to try. And I you know what? Um, when you read about Nick Castellanos and you read about Kyle Schwarber, the defense is just really bad and we can have a we can have a debate over what's more valuable right do you not care about the defense as long as they can hit um the rockies have sort of shown themselves at least recently to be pretty defensively minded because that's how they keep their pitching together so i'll be curious as will i and you might be curious about one of our newest partners athletic greens it's something i use literally every day i started taking athletic greens because i felt a positive difference in my gut health, which is 
very important to me and it probably should be more important to maybe some other folks being proactive with athletic greens is way better i found than being reactive because at that point it's probably too late with one delicious scoop of athletic greens your body can actually absorb 75 high quality vitamins whole food source superfoods probiotics minerals and adaptogens to help start your day right athletic greens supports mental clarity and alertness and it can become a micro habit with big benefits basically it's something you can do every single day to take care of yourself now to make it easy athletic greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune supporting vitamin d and five free travel packs with your first purchase all you got to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash roc first two letters of practice again that's athleticgreens.com slash roc to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. I was super excited to add this with my CBD infused coffee from Strava Craft Coffee. I'm, I'm, I'm shopping some marathons. It's been a few years since I've done a marathon, so uh, I'm excited. In fact, this is gonna come off as bragging, and so I've, I've already put my foot in my mouth. And I'll just leave it at this. I attempted to do a race up in your neck of the woods once, Renee, and yes. I sort of feel I didn't have good gut health at the time. And so I know Athletic Greens, Greens may have helped me get through the Bighorn 100. Are you familiar with this race? I am not. But if it says Bighorn and it's 100, it sounds quite grueling and challenging. Well, we'll yeah, we'll just leave it at that. All right. What's not grueling and challenging is your article on Seiya Suzuki. Right off the bat, you found a clip. So this is another reason, besides just the writing, the stuff that you're able to find, like you said, that that clip about Chris Bryant that you had to take out and everything, and you did leave in there something, an interesting comment that he made about Trevor Story when he didn't get traded. So I, I hadn't seen that before in the Stephanie Abstein article on SI. So you find these these gems, man. You, you pull from all over. It's amazing. But the clip you found on Seiya Suzuki that I love so much was he's talking with Koji Uhara, a former you know reliever with the – Red Sox and Rangers. I guess he claims Boston more than anything. But Yuhara was trying to like goad him into saying what team he was going to sign with in America. And it was it was genuinely very funny. I hadn't seen that clip before. Oh my gosh. Suzuki is so incredibly funny. And I don't know if you read he had an he Andrew Baggerly was on a Zoom call with him for the athletic for a couple of weeks, a couple of weeks ago. It's delightful. And he's really interested in coming to America to experience American food. And so they said, well, what kinds of food are you interested in? And they thought, would it be this or that? And he's like, he wants nachos. He wants really good nachos. And I'm thinking, well, we can get Seiya Suzuki some good nachos. And there's there's another clip. It's not in the article, but I thought it was really interesting. Um, in Japanese baseball, they do something different for the seventh inning stretch. They have this different song they play and stuff that they do. And I think that would beat Hey Baby any day of the week. And so I hope if Seiya Suzuki comes that to make him feel a little more comfortable that the Rockies would adopt that tradition. Yeah, that uh, there would be a lot of awesome traditions to have him at Coors Field. Because, yeah, I've never been to a Japanese baseball game, never been to Japan. My wife has. I have not. And that's that's on the bucket list. And it's almost like a soccer game like it's, it's that kind of atmosphere where the fans have a song for every single player and it's very lively and it's it's fun it it's it's similar to like a minor league game in a lot of ways but it's it's in a, these big league ballparks in japan and so that would be great bringing that vibe to Coors Field. not that Coors Field needs it but it would just be uh, something a little bit different you know and he's so so he's so funny and he's so charming and you know he started out as a pitcher and so one of the jokes that he makes in the interview is he's like well i can pitch too right <laughs> referring to to say a suzuki 
And one of the questions that everyone has is how they think he's going to translate, not translate is the wrong word for me to pick, how he's going to transition to American baseball, right, and American pitching. And generally, the consensus is they expect him to be average to above average. I just think he's going to be awesome. He's very funny. If you ever get a chance to watch interviews or clips with him, he's he's hilarious. He's got a very dry sense of humor. He's hilarious. And I just think we need that here. It kind of makes it all come full circle because in the article, you kind of compare, you know, when you look at his numbers in Japan and what they might translate. Yeah, right. Wrong word. Uh, how it would. Well, I just translate to uh, baseball and MLB in America. And it's similar to Nick Castellanos and Kyle Schwarber, two other guys that have been linked to the Rockies. It's like, say, uh, come see what it's like to hit at elevation, dude. It's so much better here than San Francisco. You'll see. The last Japanese Rockies player. It's been a while. It's probably the one that comes to everybody's mind. Kaz Matsui. 2007 was the last time the Rockies have had a Japanese player. They've never signed a player out of Japan. They've never had a Japanese outfielder before. And so that was kind of interesting, too. I, I looked into the, the source that said, so there was like a Japanese reporter, right? That right. I, I guess he said that the Rockies were one of the interested teams, but I, I can't read kanji, so I, I don't know. And I don't know if the reporter who tweeted about it could either. I'm, I'm assuming he's not verified on Twitter. Uh, I don't right. think he works for a, a notable news organization. I don't think he would make that up, but at the same time, Something could have gotten lost in translation, and, and maybe the Rockies aren't interested. I don't know. <laughs> you know, I decided that even if that was the case, it was an interesting enough rumor that I just wanted to see where it would lead. And the, what I read, I think, last week was that Suzuki had told his teammates with the carp goodbye. So his intention to go through the um, to try to sign in the United States and that he was looking at four organizations in who had spring training facilities in Arizona. So he was looking at the Cubs the Giants, the Mariners, and I don't remember the fourth team. It was not the Rockies. So, But it was like to all those Red Sox fans who said, no, no, he's coming to the Red Sox. It's like, yeah, dude, sorry. Maybe not. See, all right, that's important to know. All right, he wants to play in Arizona. So you've got that advantage, right? Definitely have right. that advantage. Now, I was looking at his numbers as as you include in that article on, on Purple Girl. Make sure you're checking out Renee's work. The, the numbers that he put up in NPB, they're somewhat similar to a guy like Hideki Matsui, which he was a lot better than slightly above average. And so you, you go, okay, that that's certainly exciting. Matsui had a 996 OPS over in Japan. Suzuki, say Suzuki, had a 943 OPS. Suzuki's also two years younger. So as you said, you, you like the odds, and, and he's betting on himself. And I think because of... Uh, I thought there was a gray area at some point about him being posted and, you know, having 30 days, there's a lockout. So it's been 30 days, but technically speaking, you could say, well, look, because of this lockout, he still should have 20 more days as you point out in that piece. And so he probably could say, you know what, I'm going to come back to Japan for something steady. Who knows what's going on over here in America with MLB, but he hasn't done that. So that does suggest that he is, he, he wants to play this year, no matter what goes down, he wants to, to make his debut. He has said that this has been a dream since he was a child. He yeah. wants to play in Major League Baseball. And I, unless the lockout makes it impossible for him to do that, I expect him to play in the United States in 2022. 
And do you think we're going to have baseball in, in 2022? Now, that's a bad question because that really makes it sound very bleak. What, what has been your take overall on, on everything? Did you, did you at one point have a date where you said, okay, here's when the press release is going to go out. Here's when it's going to get settled. Where, where's your take on that been? So I, th- I thought that, I thought, okay, based on the fact that in 2020, there were no fans. I expected MLB to really want to make a deal with this one and get on with it and not risk that revenue again. I no longer feel that way. Um, some of the reporting suggests that they're not especially interested in negotiating anything. And I kind of wonder if they've reached a point where where the, the owners just want to win and they don't really care what happens right now. They're playing a long game. And by win, I mean break the union, right? And so that makes me, if that's their attitude in this, if they're willing to sacrifice that in terms of a longer goal, then I'm, then maybe we will see, you know, a loss of games. And I hadn't really been there until last week. And I was like, man, they're going to do it. They don't care. It's a short-term loss for what they want to pull off. I do think, I don't, I, I don't know. What do, what do you think about I mean, I know you want me to commit to something. And I was, I was, no, 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 not at all. And I thought, well, I don't know. I think maybe they'll have something in place by the middle of March, but I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's still so up in the air, right? Like much of the conversation has been like these deadlines of look until there is a deadline we're not going to have a deal, right? It's like staying up until, well, you know, plenty of your students, I'm sure come in, they haven't slept through the night, but they got their paper done. They hand it to you. And, and that and all that, that's all that matters, right? Is they waited to the last right. minute to get it done. And so go ahead. What, what have you got on that? Sorry. No, I was just, I, so my students don't really turn in papers anymore. They submit everything electronically to a learning management system. Love but it. based on that in my emails, my students are little nocturnal creatures that are just awake all night. I got, I mean, there's just like stuff coming in all night long. So <laughs> asynchronous life is awesome, but that, that, so I'm sorry. I don't, I digress. No, but that's true. I, I think the owners are a lot like college students in this case, right? They, they want to go up until the last minute. But the thing is, as you bring up, what is their last minute? Now for the players, you go uh, maybe March 1st. I think you could get by with three weeks of spring training. So that is kind of the middle of March, maybe more like the 10th. I said March 14th as the date, just because they might want to come back on a, on a Monday and they'll kind of figure it out. But if the players only have three weeks of spring training, that might not bode well for their health during the course of the season, but you can still justify it. You can expand rosters a little bit to add a couple pitchers. But the owners have said that they are willing to lose games over it. And you're right. I think they want to win this, maybe at all costs, because the greater good, quote unquote, for their wallets is to really push the union and, and, and break them. And you got to go back and remember you know, at the beginning of the, the 2021 season, the owners wanted to push back the start of the season. And the player said, no, look, the last year you did that during the pandemic, we were kind of ready to go sooner. We couldn't agree on it with anything. And then we finally got started on July 23rd because that's what the owners wanted. And then in 2021, the player said, okay, well, guess what? We've got the upper hand. We're going to start on time because that's what we want. And that meant opening up to stadiums that were half empty and in, in some places, you know, only had a couple thousand people that they were allowed in. And so I think the owners are remembering that and they might be holding that against the players to say, hey, we were cost this much money. So you know what? We want to be able to get it back. And if they miss games in April, I mean, are, are we still talking about a, a capacity limit? 
you know, I, I don't know what's going to happen come April or, or even down in spring training. So it, it, sometimes it sucks to, to, to have that take on something that obviously feels negative, but when you've got the clues and you consider the context, it, it just is what it is. I, I, it's, it's still going to get a little bit uglier, I think, before it gets better. I do too. And I, I don't know what, I don't know what's going to happen. And I usually I'm willing to make a guess at stuff. And I have to tell you, I've thought this one through and I just don't, I mean, maybe they're able to get everything together and start the season on time. Although they stand to lose something like what, $6 million on spring training. Did I read that's maybe it was just the Rockies that made $6 million on spring training games. I can't, don't quote me on any of that. The money is substantial for spring training games. Um, but I don't think they care. I, th I think this is about power and winning, and I just don't think any of that matters. Yeah, the, the players, you know, they've dropped two of their three demands, and so you go, oh, well, that's great. They, they should be able to get much of their third demand. But again, the owners don't see it like that. They, they see it as, well, then, then we only have one demand that we need to win on. And, and to force the issue. And, you know, as I, I mentioned this on uh, the podcast that dropped on Wednesday, there's going to come a certain point where, you know, the players are maybe viewed as the bad guys, because again, if they agree to some kind of deal and there is only two or three weeks before the start of opening day, the players would rightfully feel, Hey, this isn't enough time. Like some of us could really get hurt doing this and what's being asked of us isn't really fair to kind of uproot everything. And, and again, we haven't even sorted out all the free agency and all that, but look, it's a dangerous spot. And so they're going to be the ones that may have to say, we're not going to be able to play on opening day and they're going to be viewed as the bad guy. And that's, I think that's a, a component and element to this that could be in the owner's advantage, right? To, to force the players into a situation like that. And that's not good for the players and it's not good for the fans. It's not good for us. And it, and it really is a problem for international players who have to get back into the United States. I mean, it's, point. everything about it is just badly done. And so, but I don't know, Patrick, they're not giving you and me a seat at the table to show them the way. And so I don't, I don't know what our alternatives are. How have been the, uh, the baseball fans in, in your community that you see, your students or your friends, have they been turned off by baseball yet? I, I haven't found that to be the case, I think, because, hey, there, there's no games yet, so we're not really thinking. We're missing out on the hot stove. We're missing out on those rumors and those rumblings, but they're coming out, and, hey, you've got an article on Chris Bryan, say a Suzuki on Purple Row, so you're doing your best to keep the kindling going. But ultimately, have you found that people have been turned off a little bit by baseball so far this offseason? You know, it's the wrong time. You have to be a serious baseball fan to be following this kind of thing. And right up here this time of year, everybody is all about football and basketball. And whenever UW is winning, that's that's what people are talking. That's the thing. So if it gets delayed, then that's going to be a subject. Then it's going to start to reverberate in this baseball community. But right now, it's not really there. It's just sort of below the surface because everybody's distracted with other stuff. After the Super Bowl, I think that changes. Yeah, I, I think you're right. They, baseball becomes front and center. It's easy. It's a lot easier to ignore it when you've got a lot of other action and, and stuff going on. And we know March Madness and the NCAA basketball tournament will kind of help out with that a little bit. But there's going to be some people frustrated. And again, with us in the, the Rocky Mountain region kind of being a little bit closer. It's not that close. I mean, it's it's still like a 14-hour drive, depending on where you're at, to get down to Arizona. But technically, we you know, we do border Arizona. So it, in our heads, it seems like it's a lot closer, but you know, there's a lot of people who do go down for, for spring training. And, and those are the, the real first 
folks that will start to get upset by this when their games are canceled or their big trip is canceled. You know, again, you and I as, as, as teachers or me as a former teacher, you know, we have those periods where we can go on our spring break and stuff and, and other people, they just save up their vacation time to go either the first week in March or the last week in February, whatever it may be. And now they won't have that opportunity and they might not ever come back again. They might not ever trust baseball with their money ever again. I was going to try to go to spring training this year. I'd started to plan it. And then the lockout happened. I thought, man, spring break, it'll be great. The high today is eight. It's so cold here. I just want to go to a warm place and watch some baseball. And you know what? Uh, MLB doesn't care. And you can't plan for anything. You can't make reservations for anything. So you're like, fine, maybe next year. Will here in the chat. Obviously, we have to give some love to Jeff Hewson, also a, a UW cowboy. And, you know, um, My- he was good. I, I got to tell you, um, when Jeff calls it Laradice, I, I really have trouble getting behind that one. That has, I did not go to the University of Wyoming. I'm a, I'm a Texas A&M grad. So, help, you know, go Von Miller, right? But um, I did not experience Laramie as Laradice whenever I have been there. But for Jeff Houston and those who were there, awesome. Good for you. And we'll give Mike Lansing a shout out too. Born in Rawlings has the, has the field named after him there in Casper. Where oh, the gosh. Play. Yes. All right, yes. final questions we got. Since you brought up AM and and Lubbock, Texas, one of the other articles that you wrote was about Todd Helton uh, this, this past year getting uh, inducted into the National College Baseball yeah. Hall of Fame, which I did not know was in Lubbock. So I I, I always learned something. Well, A&M really is in articles. College Station. Texas oh, Tech right. is in Lubbock. Texas. So that's they had the big fight last night with Texas Tech and the University of Texas. But yes, to answer your question. I yes. was I was thinking of of uh, Chad Bettis. I had him in my head. I confused my red colors. I confused my reds. It was it's a red With rather than maroon. a maroon. Totally flubbed on that one. But Lubbock again, uh, Texas with the National College Baseball Hall of Fame. Got to ask you this before we go out. Rockies Team Hall of Fame. What's your thoughts on that? It's long over. I think we. What do you think? I absolutely. Let's do it. I think anything we can do to draw attention to what the Rockies are doing and the call. You know what? Okay, so they, 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 how do I want to put this? They have not performed as well on the field as we might like for them to do, but there have been some really important and meaningful things for fans, and we need to memorialize those in a meaningful way. And so I'm a, I'm a absolutely let's do it. Yeah, there's been a lot more talk on all the different various Rockies podcasts. So proud of our community for doing that. So I, I, I'm thinking you, ha- you haven't written the article yet about it. And once that happens, I guarantee you, Oh, weeks yeah. later, there will be that press release, Renee. You've given me something to think about. I can't <laughs> promise anything will happen, but you know what? I'm always looking for things to explore. So you have my attention, and and I'm gonna I'm gonna give it some thought. Anything that you want to go ahead and uh, advertise for yourself besides all your great work on Purple Row? You know what? Um, thanks for inviting me on. I've got a piece that's coming out next week on Kyle Holder. When I started looking at him, I'm just really fascinated by everything I think that's going on with there. So uh, that's what I'm I'm working on right now. Thank you for asking. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited about that one. Of course, the Chris Bryant piece, Seiya Suzuki, all the stuff about Todd Helton getting in the National College Baseball Hall of Fame in Lubbock, Texas, which has nothing to do with Texas A&M. Anyone who's ever said such a thing is, is crazy. Uh, but thank you so much for joining me, Renee. You're welcome back anytime. We'll have to have you come back Great. down this season. And if you come down to a Rockies game, we'll have to have you down at the bar. We'll get, get you on studio. The whole set will give you the royal treatment. That sounds terrific. I've got I've got tickets for opening day, so we'll see if I get to use them or not. 
Dude, ugh, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed yep. for you, Renee, for all of us. Absolutely. Make sure you're following her at Twitter or on Twitter at 307 Renee, R-E-N-E-E, just like it's spelled. Renee Decker, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, Patrick. Uh, you can follow me at Patrick D. Lyons on Twitter. We are at DNVR underscore Rockies as well for all that great Rockies coverage. Appreciate you joining me again for DNVR Sports. She's Renee. I'm Patrick. This has been fun, but you know what they say about momentum? It's only as good as tomorrow's podcast. So I'll talk to you then.